Hi. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, welcome to Tilda in our contactless ordering system. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can also see you. This is the weirdest interview. Um, so there's this wine bar in my neighborhood in Los Angeles called Tilda. And a few weeks ago, they were packed with people drinking and eating olives and cheese in their small storefront. Today, the shop is still open, but it is way different. You can't actually enter. You talk with them over the phone and just point at what you want through their glass walls. So we got your toilet paper because you need it. <laughs> and we have loaves, we have baguettes, we got tin fish. And so um, because of the coronavirus pandemic, you. it feels like overnight this wine shop turned into a bodega. You pay by holding your credit card up against the glass. They hand you your order through a cracked door. And then to sign the receipt, they have two buckets on a table, one for clean pens and another for used pens that need to be sanitized. The manager, Carrie Funk, told me that about 100 customers come through each day. You all just opened, right? Yeah, we opened um, just about a month and a half ago. We've managed to keep our entire staff, which That's is awesome. awesome as an independent business. Um, our biggest goal is just to stay open so that they continue to have a job. All of the employees are working fewer hours than before. But Emily Co., who rang up my slice of gluten-free chocolate cake, says she's just thankful to be working. So thankful that I almost feel guilty. Hmm. Just seeing how much of the workforce has been affected. Um, but yeah, really, really makes you count your blessings. I'm Rima Grace, and welcome to This is Uncomfortable, a podcast from Marketplace about life and how money messes with it. Truly, no one knows what the next few months will look like. And in this moment of uncertainty, people are having to rethink what it means to do the right thing. Today, we hear from listeners, both employers and employees, who are grappling with choices that may have felt unthinkable just a few weeks ago. Last week, one of our listeners, Kate Rubicava, wrote us an email. It was a couple paragraphs, and the last line really stuck with me. She said, I haven't slept in days. This is a week for the books, and I'm kind of feeling like it's a bad zombie movie. In just a week, more than three million Americans filed for unemployment. And in many cases, it's people like Kate, the heads of organizations and small businesses, who have to make those hard decisions. She runs the Utah Nonprofit Association, and with everything slowing down, she's nervous about getting funding. And, like, thinking about these last two weeks, was there a specific moment where you realized, like, oh, wait, like, financially, this may be really difficult for us? Yeah, that happened yesterday. She was sitting at her dining room table trying to figure out where to make cuts without laying anyone off. She went over the company's budget and cash reserves. Then she had an idea. My income is the highest income at the organization. So she made this contingency plan. So that if we have to cut anybody's salary, it's my own oh. and no one else's. She looked at her personal budget, her car payment, mortgage, her property taxes, and figured out how much she needs to live. Then she did a whole new calculation with the organization's budget. If we cut my salary by twenty to $25,000. Oh, wow. Um, That's pretty significant. It is. It is. I, um, and I hope we don't have to get there. 
that would be about a third of her salary, which would be tough. She's got enough savings to last her just a couple of months. What is it like, um, you know, even having to weigh those kinds of decisions right now? It's really taxing because I, I, it's not even, because I don't even want to be a martyr about it, right? Like I don't want to start waving the flag that like, (laughs) oh, I'll I'll cut my salary and it's going to be great. I, because I don't think that that's the right decision, but I also don't want to fire anybody. Kate is going through this process of trying to delay a worst case scenario, but for other folks, it's already here. One of our listeners, Drew Dalzell, also wrote in to share what he's going through. And his story starts with a layoff, his own, back in 1999. When he lost his job at Walt Disney Imagineering, he started freelancing. Eventually, he hired someone on to help him, then another. And I just slowly realized, oh, wow, I'm, I'm a business. And the deal I made with myself is that I'm going to run a business the way... I think a business ought to run. I'm going to treat employees the way I think they ought to be treated. So for Drew, that meant vowing to always have his employees' backs and giving them health care, unlimited vacation, and parental leave. His company, Diablo Sound, creates sound design for huge spaces like theme parks, cruise ships, and haunted houses. It's it's been a long time since I've scared myself. Um, It's kind of a joke that I'm unflappable at this point. It doesn't matter what haunted house I go through. Drew has spent the last couple years really pushing to grow the company and, in the process, taking on a little more debt. But he felt like things were picking up and they had some exciting projects lined up. But then... Most of my cancellations started happening at the end of February. Once it started, the cancellations kept coming. Trade shows, live events. There was one day that it just all snowballed. And I'm watching my Facebook feed, and I'm watching my friends, and I'm watching my call. And it's just cancellation after cancellation after cancellation after cancellation. And we lost almost all of our bookings in one 48-hour period. When that happened, Drew called up every theater he knew, every escape room, and tried to cobble together small gigs, just anything that would keep the company afloat. Nothing worked. So you were really trying to exhaust your options. Yep. For me, it's a lot of time inside my own head. Um, But any harebrained scheme we have to bring in more money is gone. I have no way to make payroll at the end of the month. The only option I have so that my employees get some kind of money is to get them laid off as fast as possible or furloughed as fast as possible so that they can apply for unemployment. And then at least they're getting something because I don't have a way to give them anything. So just this Monday, Drew sat on his front porch, birds chirping, sun shining, and called up each of his employees, who he says feel like family. So um, your company, how many employees do you have? Uh, Well, up until Monday, there were eight of us. (laughs) Oh, did you lay off someone? I had to furlough everyone except for myself. Oh, God. So it's me. Um, hopefully I can pull out of the nosedive, but as of, as of yesterday, it's me. What was it, what was it like making that decision? Um, pretty miserable. It was watching 20 years of building this career just evaporate around me. Mm. You know, and that's devastating. For the last few months, 
Drew hasn't even taken a paycheck himself, just to keep his employees paid. His mind keeps going back to 2006, when he first started Diablo Sound and made this vow to himself. So I'm going to run a business the way I think it ought to be run, and if I'm successful, great. And if I fail on those terms, I need to be okay with failing. Hmm. Do you, so, I mean, do you feel like you failed right now? Intellectually, I know that this is way beyond my control, but it's hard to not feel that way. It's hard to not feel like I failed. Mm. Why do you say that? Um, I'm the one that decided to do this crazy thing and run a business. And a whole bunch of people... Uh, signed on to come along with me. Um, my job is to keep that going. They all did great work, and yet we don't get to keep going, and so I feel like I didn't do my piece of the job. And what really makes Drew nervous is that so many other entertainment companies, ones that are much bigger than his, are also laying off employees. So even when events do slowly roll back in, Everybody that's still around is going to be fighting for the exact same thing. And so who's going to have the resources to do that? Am I going to be up against giant companies that normally wouldn't be bidding the projects I do because they're trying to grab Mm -hmm. anything they can? It's going to change the landscape. So you're worried that even when things do recover, it may not be the same? Oh, there's no way it can be. Drew says they've been living off of his wife's salary as a schoolteacher and aren't sure how they're going to pay their mortgage. He says if things don't get better, Diablo Sound might file for bankruptcy, which means those worker furloughs become permanent. If this goes on for a couple of months, even if I can keep this limping along, at at, at what point do I throw in the towel and leave the entertainment industry? That's something you'd consider? I... If, if you can't gather in groups bigger than 10, it's not about considering it. There's no work. There's no job. It's, it's, it's going to be like, I mean, it's, it's going to be the same situation as a coal miner when the mine shuts down. Coming up after the break, what if you actually want to get laid off? It's not really like an interesting job, but I always enjoyed going to work. And the coffee that we make is really good. Hannah Perlman is an actor in Los Angeles with a day job working as a barista at Pete's Coffee, which is a big chain. A few weeks ago, as L.A. confirmed more cases of coronavirus, things started to change at work. Like her managers told her she wasn't allowed to fill any cups or canteens customers brought in themselves. And that was good. So you felt good about that? Yeah, I felt good about that. And then as the numbers started to double um, with how many people were getting sick, we had to wear gloves. We had to wash our hands every 30 minutes. And that's when Hannah started to really worry about getting sick. We're still face-to-face with customers. We're still taking their cash. 
it just takes one person to sneeze and it just goes straight into your face <laughs> for you to get sick. So that part was kind of nerve wracking. Things progressed. The state ordered non-essential businesses to close. Pete's Coffee has shut many of its stores, but some, like Hannah's, are still open with to-go and mobile order options. But Hannah still doesn't feel comfortable. And some of her coworkers feel the same way and even emailed corporate about it. Saying, hey, we don't feel comfortable going into work. And their response was, well, you don't have to go into work if you don't feel comfortable. But here's the catch. If we don't go to work, the way that we have to pay for our time is using vacation and um, our sick hours. Reading that email, Hannah thought, Okay, I don't think that our health as employees is important to them, and so I just need to do what's best for myself and, and just stay home. And so that's what she's doing. She's not working. She says the risk she'd take, it isn't worth the $16 an hour she makes. Plus, she lives with her boyfriend who has asthma and worries about getting him sick. So it sounds like you would rather be laid off. Yeah, definitely. We can't apply for unemployment unless we're laid off. Right. Isn't this such a funny predicament? Like, would you ever, (laughs) do you ever feel like you'd be in a situation where you're asking to be laid off? No, no. It's so, and it's so weird too, because it's like, Either I get sick, essentially, or put myself at risk of getting sick, or I get laid off and I can at least apply to get money back in some way. It's been almost a week since Hannah told her boss that she's going to stop going in. And soon her sick and vacation days will run out. We reached out to Pete's and their spokesperson in an email said their employees can ask HR for a leave of absence and they have a fund where employees can apply for help with financial hardships. You think about the person sending those emails, they're sitting in the comfort of their own home. Everyone at the top was told to go home and stay in their house and get away from each other. Well, it sounds like even after all this, you're questioning whether or not you even want to stay with the company. Yeah, absolutely. In the meantime, she's looking for a new job, something she can do remotely. And all this has got her rethinking the kind of company she wants to work for. Meanwhile, one listener wrote in, feeling quite differently. Do you trust your company? Yes. Abigail Zundel works for a production company based in Utah. They actually coordinate live events like The Bachelor Live on Stage. Oh, are you actually a fan of The Bachelor? So I wasn't before I started working there, and then I had to start watching it. And now I am. It's too much. It's too much for me. Speaking of drama, she says this last week at work has been wild. Recently, her boss gathered everyone on a conference call, asked them to mute their line, and made an announcement, which he later repeated in an email. The first line said that the owners were now cutting their salaries to zero. In addition, we are moving all employees to 50% pay. We all know this is going to be difficult, but it will buy us time to get through the end of April to see what our path forward is and to allow us to maintain health insurance coverage for everyone. In an instant, Abigail's salary dropped from 32000 to 16000 You could kind of hear everyone at the end of the call when we were all signing off. Everyone was kind of upset, and I actually did text with another employee afterwards, and we were kind of like, oh my God, what are we going to do? The first thing that Abigail thought was, how am I going to pay my rent? I am 
kind of nervous about getting evicted really and truly because I knew I know that my roommate wouldn't be able to help me out here and our leasing agency has already said no to rent oh they have freezes yeah I have April covered but I'm worried about May and June and July but then she thinks of her friends many of them in the service industry who are completely out of work like it's insane like I I feel lucky And I'm pretty grateful to work where I do because of that. Yeah. And so it sounds like you support or understand the decision your employer made. Uh, Entirely, yes. The thing that seems to be the hardest about so much of this is that there's no clear timeline of when things will return to normal or what normal will even look like. For Abigail right now, normal is calling her friends every day just to check in. I think I was expecting to feel sad and I was expecting to feel upset, but mostly I just feel really loved by the people that I know and the people I love. Yeah. It's a positive, a silver lining to an otherwise bad situation. Yeah. So it sounds like you have people you can lean on right now. Emotionally, yeah, for sure. And if you want to tell us what's going on in your life right now, you know, how the pandemic is impacting your job and your money, I'd love to hear from y'all. You can email us at uncomfortable at marketplace.org. You can also find me on Twitter at Rima Hres. By the way, if you haven't already, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. This week, we have even more recommendations for how our team is keeping it together during the pandemic, including learning some TikTok dances. That counts as exercise, right? (laughs) Anyway, it comes out every Friday. You can subscribe at marketplace.org slash comfort. All right, that's all for this week's show. This is Uncomfortable is me, Rima Hreis, Megan Dietry, Haley Hirschman, Peter Balanon-Rosen, and Daisy Palacios, with help this week from Eliza Mills. Our intern is Daniel Martinez. Tony Wagner is our digital producer. Drew Jostad is our engineer. Editing by Sarah Kramer. Satar Nieves is the executive director of On Demand. Deb Clark is the senior vice president and general manager of Marketplace. And our theme music is by Wonderly. All right, I'll catch y'all next week.